0: Welcome to Whaling Policies and Chukchi Culture. My name is John Brunn and I'll be walking you through our introduction. We are doing this for Global Viewpoints in, in History for Professor Lively. I will be discussing the United Nations policies and the Russian mandates on whaling. Emily will be looking at how the UN policies and Russian mandates have affected the Chukchi people. Matthew will be focusing on what the Chukchi do with the bones and whale meat on a daily basis. And Trinity will be talking about rituals and traditional culture of the Chukchi people. To begin with, I again, I will be looking at the International Whaling Commission designated by the United Nations that was established in 1940 strict and was made to restrict the amount of whaling that occurs internationally so that whales can develop more and be able to populate more of the ocean. Now, the actual whaling policies are called aboriginal substance whaling, which does sound better than restricting aboriginal rights to whaling. The UN makes a list every like seven years or so that says how many whales can be hunted per year by each circumpolar group. Now, when it was when these are created, it it has to do with whale population and not really based on the Chukchi people. When the when the UN Created the International Whaling Commission in 1946. They were more, more focused on commercial whaling and stopping the Japanese and other countries from over farming and over whaling different groups of whales, specifically the Eastern North Pacific grayhead. But as time went on, they adopted more policies that would be helpful to the indigenous circumpolar groups. Commercial hunting has been closely watched and was quickly regulated. While, um, while the goal was to stop them, it still does happen, obviously. The UN does make it difficult for people to whale. Each group of people has a certain number of whales that they can harvest. As mentioned earlier, the Eastern North Pacific Greyhead uh, is one of the more populous groups of whale that can be hunted with more than 300, whaled, 300 more striped a year, while the West Greenland bowhead whales can only be harvested about twice a year. Russia is also authorized to protect and manage matters related closely to the whales and locally, including authority in nature conversation and environment. The IWC, the International Whaling Commission, states that the different groups can use hand harpoons, rifles, and a darling gun while um, hunting. And in the video we watched in class, in Professor Lively's class, mentioned that Chi people were torn between keeping their traditions and safety of the hunters.
1: Hello, I'm Emily, and we'll be talking about the Chichatkin people's how they've dealt with these whaling policies being put on them. Chikotkin whaling traditionally focuses on two different species of whale, the gray whale and the bowhead whale. Uh, the annual catch numbers vary greatly due to different factors, including environmental conditions, seasonal availability, and the distribution of the animals. Uh, after each uh, attempt at, kept, at strike, catch, and landing of a whale, the native community must deliver a whaling passport to the government of Chicago. The, the report includes a variety of information uh, of the catch about the catch, including the species, uh, the place where they caught the whale, the time, uh, the environmental conditions of the hunt, uh, the length, weight, and sex of the harvested animal, and the reproductive state, state of female whales. Uh, hunters it also includes hunters comments uh the pres- and if there was the presence of trauma on the whale and and details of sampling if performed the the native people of the arctic region are used are, are used to consuming a large amount of proteins and fat in their diet uh, a term i've found for it is called the polar metabolism health studies have revealed that this diet provides for resistance to ar- ar- arthroscoliosis, heart attacks, strokes, arthritis, and diabetes, as well as resistance to skin, oncological, and gastrointestinal disease. It also contributes to healthy body weight and is important for good eyesight and motor development in children. In contrast, studies have shown that if they substitute these traditional foods for foreign products, it's led to increased disease and mortality for native peoples who who have adapted to this polar metabolism. Interesting, whale meat's been known to have a chewy consistency, and its taste and flavor are very similar to other products, like beef and other meats. The average annual catch of whale from the period of 2001 to 2017 was 124 animals uh, within a range, uh, including 35 lost whales uh, during that time that were reported as being stinky in that they had a strong chemical smell which made the meat and blubber inedible. The reason for this phenomenon is, despite being uncl- investigated, is unclear.
2: Thank you, Emily. Um, my name is Matthew. I'm gonna be discussing what the Chi do exactly with the whale meat, the bones, the skin, everything of that nature. So like John mentioned, the uh, Choochee people, indigenous people, they're, um, they're assigned a quota, which is a number of whales they're allowed to um, harvest during that set year. They're allowed to harvest 136 gray whales, Um, They're allowed to hunt and kill them, uh, but everything they get from said whale they cannot sell. They must basically use uh, every bit of it. Um, Obviously the big use for uh, the whale is the meat inside of it. Um, They use a lot of that meat because in such cold environments, farming and agriculture is basically near impossible to do. So they're gonna rely a lot on this whale meat uh, to feed the entire community. Um, and the meat is categorized into two different types. Uh, as Emily previously mentioned, you know you have the chewy type, which is the uh, which is the white, softer meat that they normally get from the younger or yeah, the younger um, whales. The more grown adult males. Uh, I'm not, I'm not males The more grown adult uh, whales Have uh, this tougher meat uh, That is harder to eat But a lot of this whale meat Is made into a very popular chuchi dish Called whale broth Which is essentially um, soup Made from the whale uh, meat um, So obviously whales weigh The average great whale weighs about 90,000 pounds So they're not going to be able to eat the whole whale in one sitting Some families do have freezers that they put um, bits of whale meat in, but majority of the whale meat that is not eaten is stored uh, far underground, and they're in these ice cellars that are surrounded by permafrost, which allow the meat to be stored for much longer, and it's kept uh, good. As for the rest of the whale, the the head of the whale actually goes to the first person to harpoon the whale, and it's used both as a token of reward, like a symbol, as well as the people actually use it for dog food in the winter when there's not as much food to go around. As for the bones, um, there's a cool job they have with the people, which is called a bone carver and they essentially use the bones to do certain things such as carve Knives, harpoons, spears. And the coolest thing they do is actually they make artwork out of the bones of whales and walruses too, but most of the time whales. And they advise these bone carvers to go on these hunting trips with the um, hunters to kill the whales because they want the uh, bone carvers to get a sense of idea of what's happening because the bone carvers aren't allowed to really make giraffes until like they have this stuff ready in hand. And then as for the whale skin uh, to bring up walru- uh, no. yeah, walruses again, They use both whale and walrus skin uh, to to make belts, uh, blankets, jackets, things of that nature to keep them warm during the cold weather. Lastly, more on the ritual side, um, they do leave various parts of the whale on shore for other animals in a ritual-type-esque move to give back to the land and the sea as they deem fit.
3: Thank you, Matthew. In Chukchi folklore, many stories are told with the theme of interconnectedness between humans and nature. One always extends a helping hand to the other, such as in the story where the reindeer sacrifices itself so that humans may continue to survive. Another one where a human mother nurses two husky pups back to health. Humans have a symbiotic relationship with nature and vice versa, and it's their duty to honor that connection and never take away more than they can give back to nature. On the other hand, the Chukchi also believe in evil spirits called Kellet who actively seek to inflict harm on humans if not bring about their demise. The Chukchi believed it was the Kellet that brought disease to humans during a time where they were susceptible to serious illnesses that they struggled to find treatments for. One story tells of a group of shamans who sailed in a boat which unexpectedly sprung a leak. Each one attempted to communicate with seaweed spirits so that they could seal the leak, but many of them failed and drowned because they weren't as strong as the only successful one. This story, combined with the religious belief in Kellet, emphasizes the theme that nature can be as inscrutable and dangerous as it is generous and life-giving. This is why Chukchi religious practices and festivities came to be in order to defend against those evil spirits, called Kellet, by appealing to the protective and benevolent ones. The most important holidays of the year for the coastal Chukchi are those devoted to the whales and karakun, the protective spirit of sea, sea mammals. They perform dances during the hunting holidays where they portrayed whale hunting and the butchering of whale meat through movements while in a sitting position. There is one ritual where the best hunter of the family walked to the seashore to present his harpoons and other hunting equipment to the spirit of the sea to ask for more successful hunts and his own safety during them for the year to come. Sacrifices also used to be traditionally involved to gain the approval of the spirits whom they relied upon for their livelihoods. These holidays celebrated among the Chukchi are important in keeping the culture alive, bringing the young and the old together in participation, and connecting to their ancestors through performing the same traditions they had many generations before. As we can see, whaling permeates Chukchi culture and how they are able to conduct their lives. According to John, the UN and Russia are also involved with whaling, and because they're industrialized nation states, profit is in their best interest and they depend upon contracts and policies to establish a foothold on who has what territory to hunt for whales. This in turn makes it harder for coastal indigenous people to make their living because they didn't have concepts like sovereignty and don't have access to commercialized whaling. In that sense, they have the healthiest relationship with the ecosystem, because they only take as much as they need, as I hit upon with their folktales and Matthew has hit upon how they use each part for different purposes of the whale. Emily also got into how it's important that their whaling quota is reasonable to maintain their diet, as eating Western food makes them sick as well. Thank you for listening to our podcast and we hope that it has helped you to understand the Chukchi way of life and how it has been influenced by neighboring nation states.